0: Eligible items only Exclusions apply See ebaymotors.com StarCast is coming
1: to Baltimore It's StarCast 4 November 7th through the 10th As part of AEW's Full Gear Weekend Superstars are being added To the list of shows And meet and greets Each and every week Already signed The American Nightmare Cody Randy Rhodes The Young Bucks John Moxley Hangman Adam Page MJF JR, Sting, Lex Luger, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Baby Doll, Dustin Rhodes, Ron Simmons, Taz, Missy Hyatt, Arn Anderson, Diamond Dallas Page, and are you ready for this? The Great Muda! Yes, the Great Muda and many, many others are returning to Baltimore for StarCast 4. VIP platinum and gold bracelets are now available by going to starcast.com. That's StarCast with two R's. Com. Also, while on the website, be sure to sign up for our email updates to get updates and news delivered to your inbox about StarCast 4. More superstars and more shows will be announced each and every week. Join us for StarCast 4 in Baltimore, November 7th through November 10th.
2: Promotional consideration paid for by the following... the mouse here yeah so Tony tells me that uh, <laughs> there's a website called uh, uh boxing gimmickscom you can get new items each week it's the official store of what happened when something to wrestle with 83 weeks log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life huh <laughs> or you know go to my store and buy some more stuff huh <laughs> I know all about you just giving me your money <laughs> so give them your money too huh <laughs> and by patreon dot com forward slash WHW Monday, huh? Wanna be a low-key big hog, huh? Or a glass bottom boat rider? Coming to a theme park near you, wink wink, huh? <laughs> How about a member of the Hot Tag Express or the Slapdick Nation? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that will sell. <laughs> Join Conrad Thompson and Tony Shavani with bonus podcasts, behind the scenes videos, live weekly chats, and new content each week, huh? And by lowestrules.com. Get all your t-shirts for what happened when, right now. Ever tell you about the time Lois was kicked out of my park? (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) She scares me. She's to scare you. She's to scare all the little boys and girls. (laughs) Yeah, she's not allowed back in. Oh boy! And by Starcast four, yeah. Starcast is coming to Baltimore November seventh through the tenth as part of the Full Gear weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. For more information, go to starcast.com, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wrestling, cool. All right. Tony, am I done now? Can I go home? I need like a cigarette and a, and a hot shower. This is like exhausting. Slapdick. <laughs> To the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Shabani and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett, for Arcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express, Tag Team, Turner, Bodden, Mid-South, Joy, World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and First thought they win, look, Shivani's back again, world title split off, center stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order and the Crow, Russo, Arquette, Jeff, Vinny, Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch a lot, try not to laugh. Lois rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom's a good-looking man. One like Bill, make a chair. Tommy, come over here. What happened, Win? W H W Monday. And now, let's go
1: to the ring. And here's your co-host, Hey Hey.
0: Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with the voice of our childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, how are you, sir? Conrad, is that you? That's me, sir.
1: I'm kind of old, so I'm the voice of your childhood. I just making sure it's you. That's me. All right. Hey, good talking to you.
0: Good talking to you, sir. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. I uh, sound a little different this week because I am on the road as we're taping today's episode. But, uh,
2: yeah,
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm fine. Was that the world's worst? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, listen, I'm excited to be here because we're doing something that we haven't done in quite a while. Hashtag ask Tony anything. And we posted this on Twitter and dude, we got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of replies. No way we can get to them all, but I'm sure there's some fun to be had in these questions. But the first question is, are you ready? Are you ready? That, does that mean? Yes, you are.
1: Yeah. That sounds like a, it sounds like an Ole Miss reference because that's what they always say
0: at Ole Miss. Are you ready? Actually, that's a D-Generation X, Triple H thing. And then he would say, so let's, then they, get, let's get ready to suck it. Oh, right. Then they stole it from Ole Miss. Well, the, Ole Miss has been sucking it a lot lately, but not nearly <laughs> as much as Georgia. Oh, wow. I, Con, Conrad from Huntsville writes in, and he wants to know, hypothetically, do you think that this is uh, a little bit of karma since Jake Fromm left the Tennessee presser singing old Rocky Top and then got his shit pushed in by a three and two South Carolina team in overtime after three interceptions.
1: Uh, I would think karma would be part of it. Yes. I would think karma would be part of it.
0: Uh, Conrad from Huntsville also wants to know, do you think this is it for Kirby smart at, at Georgia football? No, I don't, but I would think he can't suffer many more of these. Conrad from Huntsville also wants to know, what's it feel like to get spanked by South Carolina in a regular season game of no consequence, especially when they're unranked and two and three? Uh, The answer would be, I don't think it would be as as bad as
1: having your shit handed to you by the other South Carolina team when it really counted.
0: Uh, Jay Stovall writes in. Though I enjoy your return to AEW, I've been enjoying your commentary on MLW, too. So far, what's been your experience with working for MLW? And what's your favorite MLW match you've called so far? I enjoyed the um, their War Chamber
1: match. Because I thought the the kids in that War Chamber match uh, really did a good job. I, I liked their Contra angle. I like that group that they put together. I really like uh the Von Erich kids a lot. So I think I've enjoyed that War Chamber match. Um and what was the other part of that question? What was my favorite memory part of it?
0: Yeah, what's been your favorite
1: part? Getting to know Selena De Laurenta. Oh Jesus.
0: I knew that was the answer.
1: No, uh, you, see I, you think it's you think it's a creepy old man answer. Well it but is it, it, no it's the fact that she's really cool and you know, she's like kind of working for their in their front office a little bit. And, uh, she's just, she's a very intelligent, cool. I, I got, I've mentioned this before to you. You don't get it. None of you get it. I enjoy talking to women. I do. I enjoy talking and she's really a great company. She's a very intelligent girl. She's working on her master's degree and she's, uh, she looks good. Um, Got nice, supple looking breasts. And, um, uh,
0: so where, where was not, I here? Definitely what? not a creepy old man shit, right? No. Definitely not. <laughs> right.
1: No, I, I, uh, I enjoy uh, her. Uh, I've, uh, I got to work with, uh, Alex Greenfield, who I think is a great producer. I've enjoyed working with Rich Bokini.
0: No, uh, you haven't. Nobody enjoys working with Rich Bokini. Tell the truth. Okay. All right. Fuck him. Uh, also, I, uh, Uh,
1: court's been very good to me and cool. So there's a lot with MLW that I like. I really do. A lot lot of good people, you know, to me, it's always, to me, it it is always this, it's not always about the wrestling and, and and, I mean, that's kind of logical to me. It's always about the people you work with, the group that you have, the uh, camaraderie, uh, the willingness to do things, the willingness to get things done, the professionalism, and I think, uh, there's a lot behind the scenes MLW that's, uh, that has that, and obviously there's a lot that we have in AEW, uh, uh with that too, great people. So.
0: Yeah. I think MLW is probably one of the best kept secrets in wrestling right now. If you haven't checked it out before, you should go check it out. It has a cool old school ECW vibe to it. No, it's not ECW. And I don't think a lot of the stuff that happened back then would stand up today, but they've got some really, really top talent. Uh, They were really the first place I saw MJF, and that's the first place I saw Mance Horner, and uh, I've always been fascinated by Teddy Hart, and I haven't seen a ton of Thatcher, and I've seen a lot of these guys for the first time on MLW, so if you are more of a mainstream wrestling fan, uh, maybe MLW has been below your radar, you should check it out. Uh, Probably one of the best-kept secrets in wrestling. Mike writes in, were you in talks with Eric Bischoff to the point where had he bought WCW, you knew you had a job or would that have been it for you? Do you think if Bischoff owned WCW?
1: Well, uh, I wasn't in talks there, Bischoff, but we did, we did talk a little bit and I knew that if Eric bought the company that I would still be with it because Eric, Eric used me, depended on me a lot, uh, liked me as an announcer, uh, I, I felt confident that had he and this company, purchased WCW and stayed on Turner broadcasting that I was going to work for. him, But we weren't really in any type of type of talks. See, Eric knew that he didn't really have to negotiate with me much. There was one time, uh, it may have been the last contract that I had with Eric. We negotiated that standing in the doorway of his office and here's how it worked. Uh, he, he's, uh, Janie said, Eric wants to talk to you. So I walked in, I stood right there in the door and I said, what's up? He said, yeah, your contract's coming up. You want to resign? I went, yeah. He said, "Uh, same amount of money. I went, yeah. He said, okay. And that was my contract negotiation with Eric, the last one. So that's how we did things.
0: All right. Great question here from Mike. Uh, He has a different version of a question that we get all the time. Usually people write in and say, hey, when you go in the Hall of Fame, who do you want to induct you? But Mike writes, if WWE would ask you to induct someone into the Hall of Fame, who would you want it to be? So that's kind of fun. Who, whose induction speech would you want to give? I would want to give Bob Cottle's
1: induction speech, because I think if anybody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and we're talking announcer-wise, it would be Bob Cottle. I would love to induct Kevin Sullivan into the hall of fame. Cause I know that he has done a lot of great work in wrestling behind the scenes. I think that would be great. I would love to induct Cody Rhodes, Runnels, the American nightmare in the hall of fame. But I know by the time he is, uh, ready to be inducted into the hall of fame, I'll be dead. Well, but that's Bob, Bob, that's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. Bob Cottle will, would be the one because I think Bob deserves to be in there more than anybody else.
0: Thanks for the H- question. Hogan's thermos writes in. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Tony, do you keep wrestlers in your contacts and your phone by their shoot name or working name? For instance, do you have Hulk Hogan programmed as Terry Vallea, Hulk Hogan, etc.?
1: I have uh, a little bit of both. Uh, for Excalibur, I've got Excalibur. For Arn Anderson, I've got Marty Lundy. For Rick Flair, I've got Rick Flair. Uh, for uh, Triple H, I got HHH. So it's it's a little bit of both. So Thanks if somebody, us. yes, if somebody ever steals my phone, then they know who to who to, bu- who to bug.
0: Don Flamingo writes in, and I feel like we're back to our usual questions with this one. Uh-huh. Tony, who has a bigger ding dong? You or Jim Ross? Well, I would think uh, that you could
1: put any name in place of Jim Ross in that question, and the answer would be that name.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love uh, you. All right. I just, I just Jump. said,
1: uh, I just see the Bluetooth, the Bluetooth thing is, is for, for a lot of people to perform for me, it is too, but it's also to find it.
0: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll find another spot for our blue <laughs> shoe promotion this week. Josh Kuhn writes in, uh, how Josh, close, how close was Tony to go into the WWE instead of AEW?
1: Uh, I think, uh, I'd like to think it was 50, 50 at one time. Uh, and that was before I spoke with Tony Khan. I, uh, I really thought once I talked to Bruce, uh, I, I had a job in the WWE and I had not heard anything from AEW, but then I didn't, then they didn't really follow up on it. So, uh, at one time it was fifty fifty. At one time it was one hundred percent. I was going to go because, again, the AW didn't hadn't uh, offer me anything. I had just heard things from them, but once I talked to Tony Khan, that all changed. His, uh his passion is infectious.
0: Well, and it probably didn't hurt that you had. Uh, a super agent on the case, your super agent was probably wrestling standard super agent, Barry Bloom, right? So he's getting a big cut.
1: No, my wrestling agent is the man I'm talking with, uh, right now. <laughs> uh, uh, have uh, I told, have I told the story here on, uh, on what happened when about that, about the day Bruce got in touch with me and I knew Bruce was going to call me eventually. Cause he told me that once he got a job, with the WWE that he said, when I get in and get things, I, he said, can, would you be open to, uh, for a job here? I went, yeah. He said, all right. Uh, it'll probably be April. Well, April came and went and I knew that, you know, he was busy. And so finally the day that he contacted me, uh, he said, okay. Uh, he said, uh, I've talked to Vince. I'll talk. I'll we'll, we'll talk again. I turned around first person I tell before I even tell Lois is Conrad Thompson. I call Conrad and I say, Hey, you're not going to believe this, but there's interest in me. And Conrad said, Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. After we hang up, it wasn't two minutes later. I got a text from Cody. (laughs) He said, I don't want you to sign with the WWE. And I went Conrad Thompson. (laughs) 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 Conrad Thompson at it again. So that's about all my agent needed to do. And that led to one thing. And that led to me talking to Tony Khan. And there we go. Here we are.
0: Well, you did have like four interviews with WWE, right? They discussed like where your corporate housing would be and what days you would travel. I mean, you were far down the road before you committed, right? I don't think I was that far. No,
1: (laughs) but we did have, we had plenty of discussions. Yes. We, uh, I talked to their HR person, maybe, uh, maybe five times, uh, about what I wanted, what I needed, what they'd like me to do. And then
0: that was it. Here I am. Well, and we saw your debut just a couple of weeks ago. And on the heels of that, you posted a picture with your announcing crew that night, of course, Excalibur and Justin Roberts and Jr. in the photo and Matt Schiavone would quote it and say, buttoned collar, dad, really? Yeah. Okay. And then a hand palm. And then some guy named Sir Adam Des Moy, who's a big listener of our show, says, Take your dad to Men's Warehouse. Believe it or not, Men's Warehouse was doing a vanity search and they said, We accept fathers of all ages, send him in. So Sir Adam wants to know, uh, did you go to men's warehouse? They're waiting on your horrible fashion self. I did go to uh
1: another place uh and got and I got some shirts. I'm not wearing button-down shirts on camera anymore. Um, I went to another men's store. I didn't go to Men's Warehouse, uh, so thank you for that. Uh, and Sir Adam Demoy, you can suck my dick. You know, people can hear you, Tony. I know, okay. and I'm hope I'm hoping Adam can. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's a longtime listener. Uh, oh wow. Well, oh, you know what? I shouldn't offend Adam like that because he is a longtime listener and his wife, Kisa is one of the nicest ladies ever. Uh, so I shouldn't say that. So let me rephrase it, Adam, you could suck my cock. How's that? Uh, maybe that's better.
0: Speaking of cocks, Efren writes in, tell me about this moment. Did you know it was coming? Did you have to fight back the emotion? And it's a screen grab of Cody Rhodes hugging you in the middle of the ring on the debut episode of dynamite.
1: Didn't know it was coming. It was very, very emotional. Uh, I was going to go in the ring and just interview Cody. But when, in, when I went in the ring to interview Cody, I think if you watch it, Cody looked at the fans and looked at me and looked at the fans, and it was one of those moments to where Cody is realizing that I'm there and I was a big part of his wrestling past when he was a kid watching, working with his dad or being with his dad at shows. And he also knew how much that we worked on me getting to AEW. And to top all that off, this was a special moment for him. Not necessarily beating Sammy Guevara, which, was a, which I think we all agree was a very, very good match. And, and Sammy did a hell of a job performing with him. But it was also kind of a, an emotional moment because here we are. We've worked so hard to get dynamite. We've, we've put a lot of effort, especially Cody had a lot of effort, blood and sweat and, uh, into this. So he grabbed me and we hugged and he was crying. He was sobbing. And I, I think you can see it in the replay. I've watched it. And I hugged him real tight. And I told him in his ear, I said, you did it, buddy. You worked hard. Here you are. Enjoy this moment. I love you. And we were supposed to know we, and it was, it was special. It will go down right now as one of my top five moments ever in wrestling for me personally. When I think about the personal moments that I've had, just a very, very special moment that I was so glad I was a part of.
0: Go ahead and spit. uh chase wants to know who do you think is the most underrated wrestler and overrated wrestler you've ever seen now i'm going to give you a little bit of slack here and say no one currently wrestling if you're going to shit on somebody let's shit on somebody from back in the day uh who's the most overrated wrestler you ever saw who's not wrestling today boy that's a good one
1: i don't you know i don't prep for these questions conrad just kind of uh Kind of hits me with it. Uh, I think the ultimate warrior is probably the most overrated wrestler.
0: What about underrated wrestler? And you can use current roster for that. You're putting somebody okay. over. <laughs> you got know to take care of me. Don't you? Uh, the most underrated
1: wrestler, uh, today is probably, um, uh, huh. I think the most underrated wrestler today. Wow. I was going to say Mance Warner because yeah. I, think, cause I, I think that he hasn't had his chance on a big stage yet. And I think he should. Uh, and I, I think that when I say underrated, I think underrated as far as, uh, national promotions are concerned.
0: Uh, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to crusade to get Mance Warner hired. WWE, AEW, you're going to be seeing that guy on TV one day. And uh, I'm not going to stop talking about him until that happens, because I think that, you know, you see how quickly, you know, Darby Allen and Joey Janella and um, MJF, as much as I hate him, and even though he's been fairly controversial on some podcasts, Orange Cassidy, these guys have become almost overnight sensations, even though they've been around for years prior, and. Mance Warner is, is, to me, like that next, that next find that the national landscape is waiting on that they don't even know about. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think he can
1: do a lot of stuff. Uh, and that's not a good thing, to think, that he can do a lot of stuff. It's not a good way to phrase it. But he is just very, very, very talented wrestler that I, I think needs to look at some of those, some of the bigger promotions.
0: Well, he's a strong, he's a strong promo too. And a lot of the guys that, you know, get a lot of hype online, uh, are really great in ring guys, but maybe not always the best promo. And, And obviously to translate to a television product, you've got to be a strong promo. I think Mance checks the boxes looking forward to seeing him, but by the way, you can see him every week on MLW right now. And, uh, in fact, there's a lot of that talent that I ran through. That the first time I saw them was in MLW. So once again, best kept secret. Got yeah. To check them out. Uh, here's another one that I first saw MLW. That's very
1: underrated. Uh, it's uh, Jimmy Havoc. And, yeah. he, and he, here's why I think Jimmy Havoc is underrated. Because the match he had with Darby Allen was a great wrestling match, and we think of Jimmy Havoc just as a guy who brings in a staple gun and. Throws you through a table and gets a lot of blood, gets a lot of color. I thought he had a great wrestling match, and it showed me that he was just more than that. And so, I think you can consider Jimmy Havoc very good to read it as well.
0: Talent writes in: Does Swagger's appearance equal Luger's? Of course, he's talking about the debut show of Nitro compared to the debut show of Dynamite. At the end of Nitro, we we found out that Lex Luger had jumped ship. Even though he had been working for the WWF now he's with WCW and he was involved in the main event, not the exact same story, but the similarity still there. Former WWF guy shows up last segment of the show, big reaction, aligns himself against our baby faces. Uh, what do you think? Does the swagger jump or the swagger appearance rather compare to the Luger appearance? Uh, as far as a shock is concerned, no.
1: Uh, because swagger, uh, or now Jake Hager had also appeared on MLW, I believe. Um, uh, and so it's not like he hadn't appeared somewhere else before Luger was actively working with the WWF when he jumped to us.
0: Uh, I don't think swagger had been Canadian Travis writes in, what are your thoughts on AJ Kirsch joining the MLW commentary panel? I love AJ. I, I think it's, uh, I like think it's
1: wonderful. Uh, I made a mistake and then I saw my direct messages, my DMS as, as that AJ wanted to talk to me and I didn't call him back. I was wondering what this was about and then I it, it just slipped my mind and then I, sh- I find out that he showed up on there. I think he's a good kid. I hope he'll do well.
0: Ringside rent wants to know, uh, if you could, uh, book one person from the What Happened When Patreon in a match on AEW, who would you book and who would their opponent be? Okay. So this is this is way inside baseball, but if you're a part of the Patreon family, you know that that is sort of what it has become. Uh, WHW has a cult-like following on Patreon. You can check it out at patreon.com forward slash Monday. And on there, you'll see this giant community of of guys and gals who sort of have become their own family. So everybody has their own nicknames and their own gimmicks, and it's spun off into a lot of other things. So with that in mind, part of your extended family going to be taking on somebody in AEW, you're fantasy booking it. What would that look like? It would be Efren against Sunny Kiss.
1: That's that's not that's that's not good. No. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I had to. I had to uh, come up with your opinion. Uh, it would be. Um, this is not AEW uh, base, but uh, I would book uh, Adam Demoya against Goldberg.
0: Okay, that's better. We'll go
1: okay, on. okay, because Goldberg would hurt him. Yes. Yeah, and uh, we would all laugh.
0: John Riga wants to know who would Klondike bill love the most in today's wrestling? Wow.
1: I think Klondike bill would, that, because he's a weird, was it, you know, was a quite uh, a weird fucker. Uh, I think he would have, uh, loved Nyla Rose.
0: Why is that weird?
1: Because he'd like big, strong
0: women as Tony tiptoes through the tulips John Riga also asks (laughs) (laughs) "Do Jim Ross and Excalibur have signals to each other when one's talking to let the other one know they want to chime in on the talk way inside baseball here but in a three man booth how do you communicate that are you guys just tapping each other on the leg or what's the move the move is we, uh, we have three monitors there. I Excalibur and I are
1: trying to turn looking at Jr. and looking at juniors We're trying to, the monitors are big and they're nice monitors. We're trying to look at one monitor together. So as I'm talking and as, as Calibur is talking, we're looking at each other. And sometimes when you look at each other, you can tell when they're getting ready to stop talking and we're both looking at Jr. So. It's kind of like we're not looking straight ahead and ignoring each other. We're all turned to the inside looking at each other. And that's that's kind of how we get things done.
0: Uh Ken Murphy writes in, did any of your children want to train and become wrestlers? No. I don't think there was ever a want for that
1: at all. I, I Matt Shimani knew exactly what he wanted to do. Chris knew what he wanted to do. Tim Shimani knew what he wanted to do before anybody else. Um, and, uh, my daughter, Laurie, she wanted to be a singer. Um, and John Michael, uh, wanted to be a psychologist. I I think they all had at very young, all, they all came up with their ideas of what they wanted to do. And I, and wrestling wasn't involved in that at all.
0: The sweaty stallion. (laughs) uh, I can't believe this is a real thing. Writes in, is it true that Francine calls you subway? Because you've got low quality meat and lie about it being six inches. I,
1: I wish, I wish she called me that because that would have meant that she would have known about my subway, but she doesn't. And you know what? I I need to say this. I got in touch with Francine recently again. And, uh, I told her, I said, Francine, uh, you, uh, you and your husband should know that uh, my talk about you is for entertainment purposes only. She said, "Oh yeah, everything, everything's cool. Don't worry." And then I got a hard on and hung up.
0: Okay, let's just keep it moving. Okay. Uh, Alvaro writes in: Do you think Blue Chew should make jackets that look like the Heart Foundation design, but instead they say Hard Foundation? And a follow-up, would you and Conrad wear them on AEW? Well, I'm not on AEW, but I don't think they would let you wear it at the desk. But I do think as you as JR came into the building, they could be like your warm-up jackets as you get out of your giant limo transfers that have been contractually obligated with your super agents, you know, from your five-star Ritz-Carlton suites uh, and to the back of some of these largest arenas that America has. As those limos slide in and, and your doorman, uh, Raul opens the door for you. You got to step out in your brand new hard foundation jackets. I like it.
1: I like it too. And I like you using the word slide in when you talk about it as well.
0: Well, when you're looking to slide in, what you need to be is hard. I'm talking about H A R D and the way to make sure that's happening. It's not to call Francine and talk about her husband. That's weird. The way to do that is to go to bluechew.com. They'll get you set up with a physician right there on the website. And together you'll find the right dosage and active ingredient for you. And what are we talking about active ingredient? Well, how about it's got the same stuff as both Viagra and Cialis. You know, it really, really works. And you can take it on a full or an empty stomach. And because it's chewable, it can work faster than those other alternatives. But because you got to skip the in-person doctor visit piece of this it's also cheaper than the other two and maybe best of all no awkward conversation at the pharmacy instead they just ship it discreetly to your front door and together tony and i will make your dick real real hard now we feel so confident that we can get you chubbed up like you won't believe that we're going to let you get this first dose for free that's right your first shipment of our gas for your dick. That's right, get your dick on the gas at bluechew.com. It's absolutely free. It's less than $1. It's the same amount as zero cents, which is what some of the booking in wrestling makes these days, zero cents. And that's what it's gonna cost you here at Blue Chew. Now you do have to pay the $5 shipping, that's no big deal, but the actual dope we're sending you for your penis, that's free, my friend. All you've gotta do is use our promo code. Tell them about the promo code, Tony.
1: Go to bluechew.com, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W, bluechew.com. Use the promo code WHW, which stands for What Happened When? WHW's a promo code Get your dick on the gas, thanks to your two favorite guys, Conrad and Tony.
0: And Blue Chew. Uh, Blork writes in, Now that Conrad has gotten you signed to the richest contract of your career and you're a multi-multi-multi-millionaire, when is he getting his goddamn six-man belt? (laughs) Who wrote that? Uh, Blork McDork. Blork McDork. Uh, I
1: tell you what I'll do. Blork McDork. Since I'm a multi-millionaire, I will personally, if you DM me, I will personally fly you to... Atlanta to my house and let you spend a day going through the attic because it's going to take a day, 30 years of stuff up in there and let you find it. And I will dust it off. I will hand it to you. I'll fly you back home with that belt. And then I will fly you to Huntsville so you can present it to Conrad yourself. And we'll take pictures and everything. And that'll be the moment. DM me at Tony Schiavone, 24.
0: Thank you, Blork. Looking out for me. Okay. Andrew wants to know how does this roster compare to the old WCW roster? He's talking, of course, about AEW.
1: I think it compares to I think it compares to the old WCW roster, and uh, not that many ways. I, there's so many ways to define rosters: talent,
0: uh, workability. Oh. Hang on. You know what? I realize I missed a word here. He wants to okay. know about their low-key big hogs. Oh, they're low-key big hogs? I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That works better than I thought. Okay. Uh, let's keep it moving here. I, I wanna okay. Some, I want to find one that uh, we haven't talked about before. Okay. And Mario, he had sort of the same idea. He asked two questions back-to-back. Okay. Uh, pizza or tacos? Pizza. Uh, boxers or briefs?
1: Uh, I like boxer briefs. Look, I used to wear uh, tighty Tidy Tidy whities, Whitey, right? Course, and I, I stopped doing that because the older you get, the more your nuts sag. And I think I've, I've mentioned here before, I hate bat winging more than anything else. Uh, hey. Describe describe what bat winging is. Okay, that's when your nutsack gets stuck up against your leg, and you got to peel it off like a piece of cheese. Who
0: told you about this? You did. Okay. You came up with the colorful description. I mean, you didn't <laughs> even used my my cheese descriptor. I
1: mean, you nailed <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's it's the description was wonderful. As a matter of fact, if Lois and I are 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 out now, like at, at the grocery store or something. And I'm and I'm bat winging. I'll announce, God damn it, I'm bat winging, and, and she'll know immediately what's going on. So I found these boxer briefs. <laughs> damn it, I hate to bat wing. <laughs> it's terrible. It's a terrible feeling to have your dudsack stuck up against your leg. Okay, so I found these briefs. Box- <laughs> <laughs> so, so I found these boxer briefs that do a great job of her you from bat wing they're by Hanes. They're great. They're wonderful. Hell, you can walk outside with them. They look like shorts. And, uh, so I, so I, I literally took, and I had a lot of these tidy whiteys. I literally took them and threw them away. And Lois said, aren't you going to donate them? I said, you don't donate underwear. So I've had wet dreams in these things, man.
0: Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on! You're okay. in your sleep. Oh yeah, shit, yeah.
1: You don't have wet dreams. Well, you get wow. sex on a regular basis. But if you don't get sex on a regular, wait till you wait till you go years without having sex. You'll have wet dreams. Years. Years, yeah. Without having it, literally years without having it. you'll 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 have them. I'm, so
0: I'm, that's never going to happen. I'm not going
1: to go years. Okay, that's good for you. I'm glad you're confident. I'm so glad you are confident in yourself. Best of luck to you, buddy, on that. And uh, so I just, uh, I just didn't donate underwear. I threw, and I mean, it threw away a lot of. I don't have no more tidy whities because. You
0: know, listen, I hate to be weird here, but I gotta circle back to you, jizzing in your sleep. Why don't you just take matters into your own hands and just get a release here? Why don't we just? Having the greatest light in the history of our right hand. Uh, cause I'm busy
1: and I'm usually tired.
0: Boy, I feel like this is a Wheeler Walker jr. Album. If I've ever
1: I, heard one, like, like for instance, when I go into the bathroom to take a shit, I got a shit and I'm not going to do anything else. And then when I go to bed, I usually go right out to sleep. Now, uh, there is my, uh, there is my smartphone that I probably could, you know, find something to look at. To, uh, you know, spit in my palm, but uh, I just usually too tired. So, wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: This is how old school you are. You're spitting in your hand.
1: Well, no, it, it's a, it's one of those Conradisms.
0: Oh, okay. I, I use that all the time as a joke, but I didn't know right. if people actually like really did it. No, 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 no. It's
1: it's a it's a uh, it's a kind of a Conradism that I a lot of Conradisms
0: I use now. <laughs> <laughs> Around the house uh, The sweaty yeah. stallion has another question for you You're in a public uh, restroom You just yeah. went number two Yeah. And you realize your stall has no toilet paper What yeah. do
1: you do? You, uh, you peel off your underwear And you wipe it and you throw your underwear away And you go commando But Here's, uh, here's the uh, kicker to that story I don't shit in public restrooms
0: No, that's true
1: That's right Do not shit in public restrooms Oh, no, I, you've you've had two in case of emergency. Oh yeah, it's one of those where you know. I, I mean, I had to pull over one day, or I, it was getting ready to fly out my ass, all at Jim Cornette. Um, and I no, but you just you, you avoid it. I I don't like shitting. I don't even like even if I go into a restroom and someone's shitting in there, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're stinking up this restroom. You're taking a shit, and some guys will just. In a public restroom, just let it loose, you know, uh, it's just public restrooms shouldn't have shitters. They should just have urinals.
0: Well, I have it on good authority that they have both at Zany's, uh, November 13th, Nashville, right after the AEW show, you'll be able to slide up the hill and come see Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. They're going to be coming into the building wearing their hard foundation jackets. They're both going to have evacuated their bowels back at the building. They're going to be light. They're going to be lean. They're going to be mean. They're going to be storytelling machines. The the gray goose is going to be flowing. You're going to hear lots of stories you can't hear on the show. Go check it out right now. Grab your tickets at supershowlive.com. That's supershowlive.com. Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, One Night Only, Nashville, Tennessee. And since it's after the AEW show... You never know who we might have for a little surprise run-in. You don't want to miss it. Supershowlive.com. Snag your tickets.
1: You know, I, I also want to correct a couple of things on that, and I'm looking forward to that Supershow.com. at Zanies. Love Zanies. We've been there before, you and I. I've been there a couple of times. As a matter of fact, great people, great location. Nashville's a wonderful city. But I want to correct you in that, that we will uh, that I will not evacuate my bowels at the building. I will go to the hotel and shit in solitary, and it won't be gray goose flowing. It'll be Tito's because I drink that American vodka, not that shit from fucking France. Next question,
0: please. Supershowlive.com. Michael Jordan wants to know at what point in your career did you feel like you made it? Wow. It's probably gotta be when I made you read rap, right?
1: (laughs) No, uh, made it. Boy, that's the, that's the thing that's, uh, I tell you what, the first time I thought I had made it was when I started working for the WWF and, uh, to keep in mind where I'd come from and then where I was. Uh, and the second time I think that I made it was when J.R. and I were introduced in Washington, walked out on stage. That's, again, one of my top five moments in my professional career. Uh, that's when I thought I'd made it. The reception I'd received from the fans. The,
0: well, chant of he, ton, the chant of Tony. That, that made me feel like I'd made it. Here's how I know that you're going to be making it. Because Warhouse Timothy has a question that. Well, those who know you real well want to know the answer to now that Tony has that sweet, sweet AEW money, is he going to hire a housekeeper to help Lois (laughs) finally clean up the fucking dog hair? All right. This is uh, and who's this from
1: again? Warhouse Timothy. Warhouse Timothy. Okay. War. There's a a Timothy, uh, Timothy. There's a war going on in our house right now. And that is every day. Every day, even though it's a weekend, I ask Lois, have you hired someone to clean house? And every day, every day, even if it's a weekend, the answer is not yet. And every day, the response from me is, what the fuck are you waiting for? And here's a question why don't you just do it? Because I, I, Did say, listen, I'm just going to hire one. And the response was, no, you're not. I'm doing it. And it's a very forceful.
0: But hang on now. She hasn't. So like, how long do we let that lie? Like sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to take the trash out. And, and, and she'll be like, no, I got it. Right. If if the trash isn't taken out tomorrow, I'm just going to take it out. Right.
1: Uh, I, I, you know, it's, I I've gone through, a, I've gone through a lot of, a lot of things in my mind about this because you and I like to have a lot of haha on this show. Uh, and that's what we're about having fun. But when it comes to this subject, it's a very, very touch, touchy subject deep down in my heart. And it is because, uh, Rebecca Shivani or Becky Shivani, as she used to be known, my mom, uh, was the cleanest person on the face of the earth. She literally, when you, if you got up when I became a teenager and would get up and go take a piss and want to go back to bed, when I get up, and take a piss, by the time I got back to bed, my bed would be made. Uh, and Lois is not like that. And the dogs add to that. So our house is not as clean as I would want it or as clean as I was used to growing up. So I've gone in my mind many times that I need to do something. You know, you and I have talked about this behind the scenes. I need to do something drastic about it. And to the point to where you said, no, don't do that. That's not a good idea. So we're getting to the point to where uh, we're getting, we're getting to an impasse here at the house. And it may end up being a, a news uh, episode of life with Lois that only our Patreons know our patrons know on Patreon and that life with Lois segment is not going to be a good one.
0: No, no, no. It's going to be fine because I'm going to drop some knowledge. I think we've told the story before that when I was a young adult, I met an old wise black man who had a particular way of talking and he dropped this nugget on me that I'll, I'll share with you now. in my best impression of him. Are you ready? Yes. He, no, 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 so, 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 Tony, here's he, what he, you he, need to know, Tony. Men do what they want. Boys do what they can. Okay. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're looking to see it, you need Manscaped.com. And, Tony, you were telling us earlier about how it's been so long since you had a cooter that you're just coming in the middle of your sleep, just making a mess all over the place. But it's probably a little easier to clean up since you've been trimming him up, hoping you can entice Lois unsuccessfully since Nitro was on the air back in March of 2001. Uh, but since there's uh, less hair down there, yeah, you clean up a lot easier for these wet dreams you're having. Isn't that right? Yeah. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, I have,
1: and I'm going to watch Hell in the Cell today, and I'm going to take my Lawnmower 2.0. Which has skin-safe technology, by the way. You know what that means? It means you can use that lawnmower over your, your nutsack, and you won't get your you won't get your balls your nutsack caught up in that trimmer. And therefore, your nutsack will be clean. And if you need to batwing, you can batwing later that day. But it's uh, it's not the same trimmer you use on your face. I'll be using that today while I'm watching Hell in a Cell. You know why that? You know why I use that? Because you always use the right tools for the job. But here's what I like about Manscaped. They have more than just that trimmer, that Lawn Mower 2.0. They have so many different, so many different items, things you can use to make your life better as a man. I love the Crop Preserver. And i you know what? I've ordered two more bottles of that recently. That's the anti chafing ball together. You know, you ever had your balls chafed? Can you walk
0: well. Yeah, we talked about bat wing earlier today. Yeah. Like, well, know, we're we're well versed in sack problems here. But yes, we have are less than ever thanks to these fine products from Manscape. Right, and they have a, a spritzer that you use. They
1: even have underwear, Conrad. You know, you were saying boxers or briefs. Manscaped has boxers or boxer briefs that you can order online at Manscape, and these will keep your your nuts in place, so you won't bat wing. It's cool. And it's, it, let's listen. You may be listening to us saying, you know, these guys are full of shit. No, we're not full of shit. This is important stuff because you put deodorant under your armpits. Don't you? Why don't you take care of probably the smelliest part of your body?
0: Well, I mean, here's right? the deal. Let's just talk about it. At the end of the day, you're, you're not hoping to get somebody up close and personal in your armpit area. It's you're hoping that, you know, your salesmanship has allowed you the opportunity to, uh, Well, have somebody down there taking care of business. And when that happens, you want to make it as delightful of an experience as possible. I don't know what makes them want to do it, but I know what makes them not want to do it. And that's if you smell like shit. So don't do that. Go to manscaped.com and uh, put your best uh, foot forward. Uh, Give everybody the promo code of how they can get a great deal when they decide that, you know what? Maybe. (laughs) But all right. I, I had I something that I, I just, I need to rewind that one. Just keep that one to myself for another wow. time. Give them okay. that promo code.
2: Wow.
1: That must have been a good one. You've never kept anything to yourself on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here it is. Get 20% off, 20% off free shipping and a free travel bag. Now that, that travel bag is pretty damn nice because I have one. You use the promo code WIN, that's WIN, W-H-E-N, at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. 20% off with free shipping and a free travel bag at manscaped.com. Load up, load it up, man, get all that stuff. Get a couple of bottles of the Crop Preserver. Oh, and also uh, the Crop Mop, which is, you can take those with you. Those are individually wrapped. Uh, Tony, white Tony,
0: stuff. Tony, we okay. got it. They got everything you need. Yes. For your little dick, for your big old bag, for all that nut hair, for the disgusting shit around your asshole. What are you waiting on, you fucking idiot? Go to Manscaped.com, use this promo code, get 20% off, and make sure you don't smell like you got swamp ass down there, all right? Just make it happen. Manscaped.com. What's that promo code, Tony? W H E (laughs) N. What happened to when you finally decided to stop being a fucking caveman? Take care of your shit, motherfucker. Goddamn. Uh, great question from Lake to the Nitro Party. What's your favorite memory of referee Mark Curtis, a.k.a. Brian Hildebrand, perhaps one of the most underrated referees of all time?
1: Uh, the, the, and I don't know when it was. I don't know what date, what show it was. But it was that time that the fan was trying to get into the ring. Oh, and the shit out of him. Right. And that's when I called him shooter. And that's that's that was a nickname that that stuck with him for the re- remainder of his life that he worked with us. That was my favorite memory. So we, he was called shooter Curtis after that. Because. Yeah, he kicked the shit out of the guy. And by the way, if you are a fan out there listening to us, first of all, thank you. But number two, if you feel like you need to jump in the ring, uh, I hope you get your ass kicked. Because old school, your ass was kicked. New school, I'm not so sure they do it that way anymore. But then again, I don't know if fans jump in the ring anymore. I don't think that's happened, has it, in decades? Yeah, it does. No, it, it has. Well, yeah, it, it happened. Uh, obviously, it happened with uh, Bret Hart in uh, at the Hall of Fame inductions. But uh
0: Yeah. Chris wants to know, is there anything specific you've always wanted to do in wrestling that you weren't able to do, that now you'd like to accomplish in AEW? Oh, I'd like to, um,
1: I'd like to go on a tour of Europe.
0: Oh, that's going to happen. But here's the thing you and I have offers to do podcasts over there. So we may be able to make that happen yeah. in 2020.
1: Okay. So, and when I say tour of Europe, uh, I've done shows in England. I've been to France where the girls don't wear no pants and the men walk around with their ding-dongs hanging down. So I've been to France. I've been to Belgium, but I, I haven't done shows there and, and I'd like to be able to do shows, you know, somewhere. I'd like to go to Scotland, do a show in Scotland, see our buddy Chris. Um, and uh, so, yeah, touring Europe.
0: Charles chase writes in and he wants you to play F Mary kill oh with, Fran- yeah. with Francine Medusa and Deborah McMichael. Okay. Um, I would, uh, well let's just I get would, to it. You got to kill Medusa.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because I think if, I think <laughs> if I, if I
0: attempt to kill her, that her husband would intervene and kill me first. So that would be the last in this segment. Okay. No 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 uh, no no. no. Well, let's assume she doesn't exist, but let's also assume that she does have a smartphone. And I have it on good authority if you don't kill her, she will text you way too much. Okay. All right. Got that. So
1: uh I would uh I would probably F Francine repeatedly. <laughs>
0: I didn't expect
1: that. <laughs> and then marry Deborah.
0: Why not marry Francine? Uh, Because she has a, she has a kid. Deborah does. Boy, you have put way too much fucking thought into this. <laughs> no,
1: I, no, I didn't put a lot of thought into this. I mean,
0: your answer hey, you to asked- not marrying a chick in a hypothetical F Mary kill is I don't want to be another dad. Like <laughs> I'm tired of raising kids. Like that's, was- that's true. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh my God. I've never heard that answer before.
1: Well, let, let, let me, let me, let me say this. There is no good answer to FMK.
0: Yes, there is.
1: No, there's no, there's no good answer. There's no answer that will back you, back you up. But
0: by the way, uh, I, I had to give that answer at, uh, the very last something to wrestle. They yeah. asked me to play, uh, as in Vegas, F. Yeah. Kill with Bruce Pritchard, Eric Bischoff, and Tony Schiavone. And I, when I got to, I would kill, I, I said I would fuck Eric, and I would uh, marry Tony, and I would kill Bruce. And Bruce was looking at me, and I said, I just love you too much to let you go through the other two. And he died <laughs> laughing. He thought it was the funniest thing he's ever heard. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I even said, as your wife, I'd drive you there to kill him. Sure. Yeah. And watch it. Chance has a great question. He says, it's been a ride wide from being uh, disinterested in wrestling just three years ago to doing a great podcast and now being back behind the announce desk on TNT of all places. With all that being said and things seemingly coming full circle, what, what us fans at home want to know most of all is how big is Batista's dick? Uh, low key, it's pretty damn big. How do you know that? Is there like a deal when you sign with a major company? Like they give you like I, I imagine it's like when you become the president. Like president, here are the uh, Mr. President, here are the nuclear codes. Uh, here are all the classified documents. Here's what we have about Area 51. We just need to bring you up to speed about all the things you know that are that are secret or classified right. here. Right, in the United States. Is it like that when you sign with a major wrestling company? They're like, by the way, the screw job, Montreal screw job, that was a work. Here's Batista right. shoot dick sign yep. at the bottom. Yeah, that's right. Here's a picture of his shoot dick. <laughs> and you look at it and you go, wow. <laughs> uh,
1: that's it. That, that's how it happens. That's exactly how it
0: happens. Uh, Amy wants to know, my fiance wants to know if Tony was ever recognized when he works at Starbucks. And if so, how did that go down? Yeah, I was, I actually was, I think there was a number of people
1: that recognized me, but didn't sell it. But there was one guy that went through the drive-thru one time because I worked the drive-thru a lot. And I had, uh, you know, you were there when I, when I had my bobblehead night at the, at the ballpark. Yeah. yeah. So so I, I gave my manager one of those bobbleheads, uh, and, uh, she, she was there that night too. As a matter of fact, who, uh, one of the great girls of all time. So she said, when you, when you work the drive through, put your bobblehead out there on the ledge. So I put my bobblehead on the ledge and a guy drove through one time. He looked at me and he, and he looked at the bobblehead. He looked at me and he said, you're Tony Schiavone. The guy that did wrestling." and went, yes. I handed out his coffee to him. He said, that is so cool. And then he laughed uncontrollably. Like it was, he said it was so, was so cool, but he laughed as almost as if to say, this is the silliest fucking thing I've ever seen.
0: Well, of course it is. It would be akin to you know, you go to check out at, uh, at, at Walgreens and me and Gene scanning you in announcing what you have <laughs> to the whole audience. Be <laughs> tremendous.
1: Yeah. You know, there was times when I did that job especially when I was mopping floors, when I was thinking, what the fuck am I
0: doing there? Was. Oh no, I, I don't mean yeah. disparaging. I'm just saying it's no. not where you expect to see. Listen, no, I'm not knocking anybody making a fucking no, no. living years no. ago. There was, there were people who were sort of shitting on Shane Douglas or Justin credible, or, you know, former wrestlers who now moved on and had real life jobs, dude, that's what we fans are doing. Real life jobs. I mean, my name on Twitter is, Hey, Hey, the mortgage guy, like, I'm not begrudging somebody making a living outside of wrestling, but I do think I would think it's a little surreal if I'm going through the drive-thru to get Megan coffee. And I see a guy who I feel like I know, but I've never right. actually met. That's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it's surreal. I get that. And in many ways, it's surreal for me to do that. I tell you what else is surreal too. Um, I, uh, we had, um, uh, we had the, uh, the pregame of the South Carolina game and our pregame show is four hours long. And there was a segment when the host of the pregame show said to me, he said, can you, because I'm I'm there, but I'm behind the scenes. He said, can you get on the air with us and talk about wrestling? Because Goldberg was there yesterday. And I said, sure. So we talked about it and he promoted, uh, the, uh, AEW show. He promoted, uh, TNT and, uh, Wednesday nights. And we did a pretty good little job of talking about me back in wrestling. And when, when that segment was done and we were in a commercial break, I got to thinking that because it's such a high profile job in pro wrestling and because it's such a, uh, compared to what I have made before in my life, a lucrative job, somebody would say, why does Shivani still get to the stadium the day before? and set up the equipment do all that manual labor that lugging of the equipment and plug things in and everything and it's kind of uh kind of weird if you think about that uh why do I, why do I still do it I don't need to do it anymore I did it one time because I needed to but I don't need to anymore but I do it because I love it and I love working with those guys uh I don't necessarily love college football I enjoy it but I'm not I'm not a I'm not a passionate. In other words, I don't I don't when the game is over, like our game was over yesterday at uh three o'clock or four o'clock, a lot of people ran home to watch LSU in Florida. I didn't. I can check the score. But uh but I love doing it and it's uh it it is manual labor and there's nothing wrong with that. I think everybody needs to experience it. And uh it's it, on its surface, it may be kind of weird to people to see me behind the scenes like that, uh plugging in all the equipment that I've been doing for 13 years now, but I like what I'm doing. I liked working at Starbucks. I enjoyed that. Even though I said sometimes when I was mopping the floor, I was thinking, what the fuck am I doing? I was, I was, I was mopping the floor thinking, man, I used to be on TV (laughs) and, uh, here I am mopping the floor, but I don't have a problem with that because I think it's, it's good work. It's good. As they used to say, it's good, honest work. And that's what it is.
0: Well, so is cleaning the fucking dog hair. So you ought to pass it on stimulate your local economy and create a new position for someone to come in and, uh, clean up Lois's lair.
1: I agree. I agree, but it's, it's an, it's, it's a battle, but I, I can tell you when it happens. You guys will be the first to hear about it.
0: Let's document it. Here's what we need to do. I'll send a film crew over. You know, I got a full-time Mexican now that Silva lives here. Uh, but we should mention that cause Silva sort of our, our six man tag team partner here on the show. Uh, he has a uh, double down and, uh, he moved to Huntsville, Alabama, moved that's his a, wife, moved his kids, the whole deal. How about that? That's amazing. That, uh, that tells me that, that he, uh, he
1: believes in you. Why shouldn't he? Uh, that he's, uh, he's a man of his word and an honest guy. And there is, there is no, I'm telling you. As a shoot, there's no better human being on the earth than Dave Silva. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, maybe uh, maybe Heather, maybe Francine. Yeah. Uh, Greg wants to know uh, what are the differences the day of for your preparation for dynamite compared to the preparation you did for nitro? Oh, here's the prep.
1: The prep with dynamite is a lot of uh, a lot of YouTube videos. Which you know we didn't have that back back in the day. Uh, for for instance, when uh, before the match with before the match, the uh, Young Bucks match with Private Party, I watched Private Party against uh, and and Jack Evans. I watched that match, and listened to the commentary. There was also online a little uh, special about Private Party, a little background about them. I watched that and listened to it. So I got to know private party a little bit more. So by the time when they went out, you know, uh, I knew who I knew who they were. I knew they were from Brooklyn. I knew where they had trained. You know, we, we I think we try to, I think we try to, to bring a little bit more, well, a lot more realism. Don't you agree into our commentary than used to be? I mean, I don't yeah. think, I don't think we ever would have talked about where Hulk Hogan trained or where Ric Flair trained, to become a wrestler or Rick. Uh, and we do a lot more of that now. So that's so the preparation that we do is. And I I did a little prep on Darby Allen too, talking. You know, Darby Allen's story is is interesting. He tells in in his story in his video that when he was five years old, his uncle came over to pick him up for a ride, and apparently they wrecked, and his uncle died in that wreck. And the reason he paints his face is that ever since that time, half of him is dead. He paints his face half with a skull, and uh, so I thought that was very interesting, and that's all part of his story. And so you learn that online by watching videos now. So I use the I use the uh, I use the iPad and use a lot of YouTube videos, and you know do a lot of research that way that I never did before. Our research back in Nitro was here's the angle, here's what we're going to do or what we may do, uh, and you just did it based on what you knew. You, d- you didn't have all the uh, stuff at, at your fingertips you do now.
0: Ted and Lisa want to know who was someone in the business that was a really nice person that doesn't get credit for that. Everyone hears about Bobby Eaton sting and Ricky Steamboat, but was there anybody else?
1: Well, I say many times, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes was gorilla monsoon was very, very, very nice people to be around and to work with. Uh, those are mine. That I, I like. And of course, you know, Arne Anderson's a friend, good friend. And, uh, it, it would be difficult for me to consider Arne Anderson a nice person because he and I were close friends and still are. Um, but I think, I think to me, the nicest person in the business was Lord Alfred Hayes. There was, he was such a gentleman and such a wonderful guy and told great stories. And, and the same thing with Gorilla Monsoon, they both tried to be mentors of mine. They tried to advise me on good people, bad people, people to watch out for in the business, uh, how to do this, to, how Vince liked things. They, they, really tried to, they really tried to make my time there in the WWE, and they were successful, uh, the best they could be for me.
0: Levi wants to know, is it hard out here for a pimp? It's hard everywhere, man. It, it,
1: it got real hard when we talked about Francine, but it's hard everywhere.
0: I, uh, I feel like I've got, to intervene and do a Tony Reid's rap on, uh, that song. He's making a reference to a three, six mafia song that you would love. And I can have some fun with the lyrics. Uh, okay. You know, we're going to be in Philadelphia
1: and, uh, we're also going to have, uh, a, a special guest commentator for our dark matches. And that was announced on uh, social media, and that's going to be Taz, our buddy Taz, which I'm excited about because uh, I really like Taz. I don't think I'm allowed to talk about him on uh, the show. Okay, you, you, all right. Uh
0: might come to my house and you know dump yeah. me on
1: my fucking head or something? Yeah, well, that would that would be something that our little Mexican could document video-wise, which would be good. But on Patreon, uh, I, I, that's a good idea. Uh, But also, I'm excited about going to Philadelphia because I think that's where Francine still lives, and I'd like to invite her to come out and watch our show.
0: You know if the show on camera, people are going to chant mean stuff at her. They are? That's what they did in ACW, Tony. Philadelphia chanted mean things at her. They did? Yeah, they chanted that she was a crack whore and, I mean, just really bad stuff. Uh. And now you want her to do it like... Do you think of her feelings at all in any of this? Yeah, my mistake. She can hey, come visit you in your room before the show or whatever.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. I'm yeah. all I'm all for that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for clearing that up. I heard a I heard a term the other day on a show that I watched uh, called Goliath. It's on Prime Video with Billy Bob Thornton. I, I've seen that show. I like that show. Yeah, the third season, there's a girl who's in a uh who's kind of like this this character that reappears in the third season, she's always kind of sitting at the bar drinking and somebody says something mean to her. And she said, Hey, do I look like a carny whore? Which I've never heard the term carny whore, but I just thought that was funny. Not crack whore, carny whore.
0: I don't know what the difference would be. Travis Peters wants to know what is Tony's favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie
1: of all time. Well, it has to be, uh, Batman, the dark Knight
0: rises has to be well, up. that begs the question. Have you seen the new Joker movie?
1: I have not. I what have not. the fuck? How? Well, my, my movie watching has changed. I very rarely go to the theaters anymore. I wait until they come out.
0: So you can watch it in the dog hair, the comfort of the dog hair. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I I, I saw just, it in the theater, and you should, too. You should make an exception for Joker. I heard it was it's pretty a good. a big one. I mean, yeah. you, went and saw, you went and saw that stupid Avengers movie over the summer. Why won't you go see this?
1: Well, I will, but I, 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 another one of my favorite movies, if I, uh, trying to get back to the subject here, uh, was Back to the Future. And I also liked
0: Field of Dreams. Those are like my oh. favorite Fuck you for Field the Dreams. I am so disappointed in you. What? That movie is for grandpas and memals and women, and it ain't for dudes. Yes, it's for anybody who loves baseball. Ugh. All right, but it's fucking on a marathon with Cocoon. They just play them both on repeat. Like me- driving Miss me- Daisy cocoon me- and Cocoon, Mima. Me- me- well, yeah, like me- me- if I... I just love Touch by an Angel. That's my favorite show. And when that's off, let's see if we can let's see if we can put in an old VHS of Murder you know, She Wrote. Or Badlock. Or or perhaps Feel the Dreams. Like somewhere, Peggy Lathan and your wife, they have the same video interests. But you somehow co-sign it And make them feel like what they're liking is okay And you've got to stop, it must be stopped
1: Okay We brought Peggy Lathan Into this conversation here today Hey Peggy We love you
0: Uh, Adam's secretary Writes in If Tony and Lois were dogs What breeds would they be? Oh, uh,
1: Lois would be uh, what uh, I would probably be like one of those, uh, old, uh, dogs that they had on the Beverly Hillbillies. What are those dogs? Those, uh, I called them, uh, you know, those red bone dogs that just laid around, and did nothing.
0: Oh, a Doberman Pinscher. No, 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 no.
1: Uh, the one that had the, you know, the skin, they called him Duke.
0: Don't, don't move. know. I, okay. I don't, I don't remember these shows.
1: Okay. In the 70s. So, all right. So anyway, Lose be one of those dogs uh, that just kind of laid around. Uh, when you say, hey, get rid of the dog hair, and she kind of raised up her head and looked at you and lay back, back down.
0: Oh, you're be- talking about a bloodhound.
1: Bloodhound. Thank you. She'd be a bloodhound. Wow. How come I couldn't remember that? That's age, boy. And that is age.
0: Jose Campos also well, now, if you could sit down and have dinner and drinks with any three wrestling figures, past or present, who would they be? Uh, I would have drinks with
1: Wahoo McDaniel, Oli Anderson, and Cowboy Bill Watts. Boy, and, that's
0: not going to be a pleasant dinner at all. No,
1: it's, a lot of hostility at that table. A lot of hostility, but I'm telling you, and I've, I've talked to all three of them individually, a lot of wonderful, wonderful old school stories. And we're talking about the territory days, right? The traveling days, the days when you work double shots on Sunday, the days, and and all three of them had worked behind the scenes in the business. So that's because I love those stories, Conrad. I love hearing the old timers tell the old stories. So there you go. Did you hear J R we the other day? I think it was this past Wednesday. Uh, when we were on, uh, we were in, uh, our, doing our second show in Boston, we talked about going to Charlotte and he mentioned Klondike Bill's
0: name. I did. Yeah. Yeah. He said I, it was going to yeah. be the, the Klontag Bill dressing room. Yeah. And then he quickly transitioned away. Yeah. Right. So, but anyway, I, I would
1: that's a great question. Thank you for the question. Those three guys, just because I've listened to them all tell stories and they're all great storytellers and it would be wonderful.
0: Uh, the real Chris Hughes wants to know what's your favorite Ric Flair story that even Conrad Thompson doesn't know. Oh, I think Conrad knows just about every Ric, Fla- Ric Flair story that, that I know
1: there, there's not, there's nothing out there that, that I know about Ric Flair that has not been in public knowledge. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I don't think there is one, but that's a great question.
0: Carl Hayes wants to know when Tony is flying around on the AEW private jet, does he read a book, listen to music or play games? I, uh,
1: I, I, I have downloaded TV shows like from prime video or Netflix onto an iPad and I watch those TV shows is what I do. Oh, by the way, Carl, I didn't see you in Boston. I thought I'd see you. Didn't see you.
0: Thanks. Michael wants to know, and I don't think Michael means the actual dollar figure. I think he's looking for the year. What was your best year financially in professional wrestling? Uh,
1: it is going to be, uh, it was, it was my last year in WCW. Uh, and it's going to be this year. <laughs>
2: woo, woo, woo.
1: Okay. Yep,
0: yeah, that's it. Um, Jonathan retro asks a nerd question that you and Cody Rhodes will appreciate. Right. Uh, what's your favorite episode of deep space? Nine. My
1: favorite episode of Deep Space Nine is the episode, I think it was episode number three, when uh, Jean-Luc Picard uh, had docked at Deep Space Nine and wanted to talk to uh, Captain Sisko, and uh, Captain Sisko and, and Picard had the meeting, and Captain Sisko's wife had been killed by Picard when Picard had been assimilated by the Borg. And uh, it's something that uh, Cisco never forgot, and held Captain uh, held uh, held Picard responsible for. And Picard could not be really responsible for it because, as you know, Conrad, once you're assimilated into the Borg, you're part of the collective, and you're no longer an individual, and you you cannot be uh, held accountable. For so it was a very very well scripted very well acted scene between those two um and uh, that's my favorite episode
0: the man of the 90s wants to know what's the origin of tony's disdain for steve beverly
1: uh i uh i thought that that steve beverly did everything in his power it it just seemed like to me and, and it Hey, it's my fault for reading his bullshit because you don't read. It doesn't exist. But I thought Steve Beverly did everything in his power. Everybody has an opinion and I get it. Good opinion, bad opinion of Tony Schiavone. And there are people who still have bad opinions of me, uh, of my work. And I get it. I understand it. But sometimes people go over the line and want to see me fired. And I often felt that Steve Beverly wanted to see me fired. And he was brought into WCW back in the day. I think Jim Ross brought him in, brought him in because he was, you know, Steve had, had taught television uh, and broadcasting at a college. And JR brought him in to kind of advise us on how to do things. Uh, and I remember thinking, fuck him. What does he know? He's a fucking teacher. So I think all that
0: combined uh, brought up my disdain for him. He also has another great question here. I've read in 1990 where Tony had heat with Chris Cruz. What's up with that? See, and again, you
1: read wrong unless Chris Cruz was pissed off at me because I came back to WCW from, and took over the job of worldwide. I, I would think that that was the reason for heat, but I always thought I got along with him. I, he and I never had unkind words and I'm, you still hear Chris today on radio, do some network radio and, uh, one of the great voices. So if, if you read that, uh, that was probably one of those bullshit rumors that you read that, uh, you need to take and probably throw it away or burn it.
0: Kevin hack had a great question. He wants to know if you could go back in time and call any one baseball game in history, what game would it be?
1: Game six of the 1969 world series, Baltimore Orioles, New York Mets. Uh, actually it'd be game five, game five. It it was the final game of the world series. It was in New York. The Mets had had a horrible team and it was one of the more exciting world series of all time. And if you go back and, and that's available by the way, you can see that if you're a member of MLB.com, you can see that entire game. The, uh, The feeling in New York City in that afternoon was It was just, just the feeling of the Mets winning the series and from where they had been, it's it it it's uh, burned in my memory. And I would love to be able to to have been there and call that match at Chase. That match, call that uh, game at Chase Stadium.
0: Love to. Interesting question here from Jim Dimebag Davis. When and how were you smartened up to the business?
1: I was smartened up to the business by Jim Crockett the day that, uh, after I had done the Ric Flair interview and was brought down to the office to do the local market interviews, uh, Jimmy Crockett sent me down in his office and he said, what you're getting ready to see in here stays here in this office. You need to respect the business. I said, yes, sir. And I remember him saying that. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, something's up. And he walked me into the he backst- walked me into the, uh, the studio or the garage, as it were. And I opened up. It was a double doors. They opened them up. And there they all stood, all the wrestlers together, friends, having a great time, laughing and cutting up. And I was smarting up immediately at that moment. It was back in uh, October or November of 1983. Never will forget that moment. It's, I mean, those double doors opened. It was almost like, you know, it was was like an uh, unwrapping of a present, an unveiling, dramatic unveiling. It's like when the Wizard of Oz was color. Right. I stepped through those doors and my life changed forever. (laughs) Really, it did. My perception of the business changed forever. I went from being a fan to being part of the guys when I stepped right through those double doors. Very dramatic.
0: Kevin writes, What's your favorite combination of the four horsemen?
1: Oh, the first one. Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Ric Flair. There's no, I mean, I was there for the formation of it. And I always thought that Ole Anderson gave the best interviews of anybody. Uh, Arn became, you know, Arn became one of the greats after that. But, you know, for, for me, when I was growing up, Ole Anderson always gave the great interviews. So,
0: Um, Uh, the first one DJ wants to know what's your favorite ice cream,
1: favorite ice cream is
0: pistachio. Oh, you're so old. (laughs) Uh, Josh wants to know, do you consider the crow sting angle to be the greatest angle slash storyline arc you've been involved with? And are there any other angles that you think were better?
1: Well, I, I still think the angle with the million dollar man and, and Andre, the giant and the, uh, the the Hebner referees that look alike. I think that was the greatest angle ever. And I was not involved in that angle. So that's the greatest angle ever. But I think at WCW wise, the sting angle, the buildup to the sting angle and the NWO was the best angle. Obviously the execution of it afterwards was really shitty and helped with our downfall. And it's funny if you would bring that up because when we were, you know, we were in that building in DC, that's where Hogan and Sting wrestled. Right. And that, that had a lot of memories for me of that shitty finish that I had to try to make sense of. Um, uh, but yeah, that was the, that was the best angle WCW ever did. And, uh,
0: you know, what's funny is all that sort of runs together. Like I was at that show hanging out beforehand and I'm paling around with Mike Weber from fight who was doing a lot of work for wcw at the time and he says god just it's been so long since we've been here right dustin and dustin's walking by and he's like the last time i think i was here was during all those starcades right like well starcade 97 i mean what a big show that was yeah dustin you remember and 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 dustin looks at me and then he says conrad was I on that I said, no you were in the wwf and Dustin put his arm on my shoulder. He says, all of it runs together eventually, buddy. All of it runs together. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it so does. So he looks at Mike and he's like, I don't know. If you need to know if I was there or not, ask Conrad. He'll know. He'll tell you and maybe it'll refresh my memory, but I don't know. <laughs> it does. He's right. Uh, Steven wants to know, how much money would the fans have to come up with to get you to rip off Excalibur's mask at the announced desk? Uh, $5.65 million. Steven Sutton wants to know, what did you think of Scott Hudson getting the opportunity to say the closing words on a WCW broadcast? Of course, he's talking about the last episode of worldwide. It aired on March 31st. So it was in fact, the last WCW broadcast, not the last Nitro that we all talk about. And over the years, a lot of wrestling fans have thought that you should have been involved in that. What do you think about Scott getting the nod there? I'm, I'm glad Scott did. I think you would agree with me. Scott is a great kid. Well, he's
1: not a kid anymore, but he's a good guy, loves the business. And if he could be remembered for that, good for him. I'm happy for him. See, these, the these things are not, these things have never been that important to me, uh, you being the last voice here, you being the first voice there, you being the, in the hall of fame, these to me, which, and I get it with fans. A lot of fans think they're, they're important, but they're not to me. They really are not to me. What has always been important to me was, do you have a job? Do you have, are you making money? Are you, are are you happy within your job and are you letting the fans know how much you appreciate what they mean. That to me is the important parts of what I do. Not well, I was not the last voice on worldwide. I was not the last voice on WCW. That's not important. If it's important to Scott Hudson, good, I'm glad, and I'm glad people remember him for that. But you know, Scott works with us at Starcast now, and as you know, does a hell of a job.
0: Sam Howell writes on dynamite when Moxley put Omega through the glass table. Could you elaborate on whether it was you or Jim Ross who said, Oh shit on live television. It was J R that said that
1: I said, Oh no, not the glass table, not a glass coffee table. And if I would have been on my toes, I would have said, Oh, that's not the glass bottom boat ride. I was thinking about, which would have probably been cool for inside joke for all of us on. No, on WHW. But I said, no, my God, not the glass coffee table. JR said, oh shit.
0: And by the way, I guess we should confirm, uh, since we've heard uh Chris Jericho use it in week two, shit is allowed on TNT for AW, correct? That's right. But only in
1: only in uh small amounts.
0: Uh, uh, they'll put up with a little shit, but they won't put up with a lot of shit. They've had to hear with our shit. We don't want to overdo the shit. We got to have medium amount of shit, just the appropriate amount of shit. Not too much shit. Not too little shit. It's like the shit Goldilocks and the three bears. We got to have that right. Just the right amount of shit. Yeah. On a dynamite.
1: Because if you do too much shit, then the shit hits the fan with TNT. I I give you an an example, uh, two examples of this. Uh, the first show I called MJF, deservedly so, a little prick. I went to the TNT people who were there, and I said, can I call him a prick? And they said yes. So they knew that was coming. Um, and when Jericho was going to say shit in his interview, we knew he was going to say shit. And we were told, don't say shit tonight, guys. because Jericho's going to say it. So we were, we were, we, we said, we, they, they said, we're not putting up with your shit if you say shit. So no shit.
0: You know, I know we don't talk a, a ton about current wrestling, but there's two things that I want to talk about. Uh, one of them, we got a lot of questions about we'll come to that one next, but you mentioned the Jericho promo. I think that's probably. Certainly Jericho's best promo in a long time, but maybe Jericho's best promo ever on week two of dynamite. Would you agree with that? I agree wholeheartedly. I agree
1: wholeheartedly. It was his best promo. It was, it was a promo that uh, got me drawn in as well. I, I listened to what he had to say. Listen to what let's, he
0: had to uh, say. Let's ask the question. Everybody wants to know. Did you see? And if so, what did you think? of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view main event a few weeks ago from the WWE.
1: I have not seen it. Uh, Bo LeBlanc, who I do a, a show with on uh, 92.9 The Game, uh, told me about it. And he said, you got to see it. It's one of the worst things ever. But I And I, and I was going to – I'll probably end up watching it today when you and I are done here. I do need to see it because I was told it was done in the dark in red and the fans couldn't see it. Uh, not only the fans on TV, I guess fans on TV could see it better than the people who were seeing it in the arena. So I think it, uh, it may have been one of those creative decisions that they regret.
0: Uh, Tony, I got to tell you, this was a fun episode. I love these hashtag AskTonyAnythings, and uh, I'm excited that we're going to be back to our usual fair next week. We'll be bringing you a watch-along. We've got lots of fun shows planned uh, what do you think of the questions that you got this week here on the show?
1: Some very good questions. I I listen, I uh I was just mentioning that uh it was important to me to get to know the fans and uh, uh make sure that uh I just like fans and I uh, I like I like the people who follow us on Patreon. You can do that on patreon.com uh /whwmonday. We have a great time on there and we do some special things. I love that Uh, and thanks for the questions. Thanks for all the the questions. I mean, we talked about old school. We talked about AEW. we talked about, uh, some very, uh, crazy shit that we always talk about here because, uh, you know, this is the, this is the place, this place from the time you start our podcast to the time it's over. This is the place that brought me back to wrestling right here. This is us together. So thanks for the questions.
0: and we're going to bring you back next week for Halloween Havoc 1994. If you've got a question about that, just hit us up on Twitter at WHW Monday, And, of course, the following week, Halloween Havoc 96, then November to remember 99, then Clash of the Champions 25, then Clash 13, and then we'll wind up at the end of November with Starcade 84. So wow. much great stuff coming your way. Uh, but when I look at my clock right now, Tony, I see it's about that time.
2: It is about
1: that time. Tony Schiavone is coming to the ring along with J.R. shivani has got in his hand, in his right hand, his lawnmower 2.0 that he got from Manscape, in his left hand. He has got blue chew, and now he is looking around somewhere in the audience here in Philadelphia for Francine. Oh, and from behind, here's Taz. Taz has taken Tony Schiavone down. He picks him up by his collar, and he grabs him, and he says, Where's Conrad Thompson? I will fuck up that motherfucker the next time I see him. We hope Conrad doesn't show up in Philadelphia because Taz is looking for him and we're desperately out of time. We will see you next week on What Happened When? And as always, we're on Wednesdays. But on Mondays, we are with our great friends on... Patron!
0: (laughs)